As a communicator, you're likely familiar with the online space. You create, curate, and communicate on social media with ease. Well, somewhat. But are you working for leadership, someone who may not share your comfort level? Actually, they'd rather leave it all together. Welcome to the Confident Communications Podcast, where we help communicators create the right response at the right time and deliver it in the right place. In this episode, how to get your organization and your CEO on board with online. As many come to recognize that online media is an important part of any business plan or communication plan, the role of the CEO is no longer about business only. There is a real push for turning to public relations to help boost the visibility and credibility of not only the business, but of the CEO. Today's guest knows that PR is one of the best ways to get a name out there and to build thought leadership. So if you work for a company, one of the many companies considering media outreach as part of your digital marketing or PR strategy, you can do some of the work ahead of time to increase the odds of your success by putting your CEO in the mix, in the online mix. You'll find my guest, Michelle Garrett, at the intersection of PR, content marketing, and social media. As a public relations consultant, content creator, blogger, speaker, and award-winning writer, Michelle's articles and advice have been featured in places such as Forbes, Muckrack, Reagan's PR Daily, Meltwater, and others, including this piece that I happen to spot published in Entrepreneur titled, Want to do a public relations push? Focus on social media first. Here's why Twitter and LinkedIn are popular outlets for executives. Want to learn more? Take a listen. Michelle, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I've been dying to have you on as a full guest. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. This is fun. Well, you appeared on a compilation episode that I did right after uh, the COVID-19 outbreak, where I asked for a number of public relations professionals to give your advice. And you were one of the first ones to jump in and your advice was so good. And so when I saw, uh, I was, I saw an entrepreneur that you had written an article about leadership and uh, CEOs using social media. And I said, oh, I found my next podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle, first of all, tell us about your business right now. What do you specialize in? Well, um, I really, uh, of course, lean into the, um, the, the media relations, the writing, the social media, because I feel like those Three things together can really help clients, um, you know, make a lot of headway, build thought leadership, manage their reputation, kind of hopefully stay out ahead of any uh, potential, you know, crises that may arise. And if you have a good, uh, solid footing and, and something does crop up, um, you, at least you have something already there to kind of um, build on or, or fall on or, <laughs> you know, lean on or however you want to say that. So, so that's primarily what it is. And you are not just your run-of-the-mill PR professional. You have been named a top digital PR leader in 2020, and your blog was on the list of top 25 must-read public relation blogs. You're, you're so heady, Michelle. You're so popular. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's I, I've been doing this so long that I feel <laughs> I feel like you know it ought to it ought to be uh, hopefully it's benefiting you know other people when I share you know some things that I've learned along the way and I'm still learning so you know. Well, we all, you know, we all are, but um, where you and I connected initially was on Twitter. That's what I, that's where I found you. And I think I can say this with authority because I think you'd agree with me. When you create community on Twitter, especially in PR, it's that mutual beneficial uh, community that you find in this just kind of PR group. And I learn every day from people like you. Wouldn't you agree that, that Twitter and social media is helpful for that, for mining new information? I think it's extremely helpful. I think, um, you know, I've probably got started on it for those reasons. um, And I think it's truer than ever. And now I think it's even, um, it's just, I mean, especially over the past year, I think it's been a way for people to remain connected. And if you were already there with the presence, I think it was, it was very beneficial in a number of ways, because I think just from a sanity perspective, even, um, you know, in in addition to staying on top of trends and things, I I think it's just, uh, it's been a a real um, help to me. So and to me as as well. So you talk about the focus on social media, and that's what oh, I just dropped my Minnesota focus. I that is the one word I have never let go of my Minnesota roots. I always say focus. So um, <laughs> I saw your article in Entrepreneur. When you want that PR push, you know, first you have to focus on so- social media focus first. So, yeah. um, so tell me, first of all, about the article. We're going to get into the article and what you said, which I, th- which is why I immediately wanted you on the podcast. But tell me, what made you think of doing this article? Well, <laughs> there was an inspiration. Um, I was talking to a prospective client and um, they, um, you know, we're trying to kind of position themselves as a leader um, in the kind of the digital media space. They do video production and things like that. And so the first thing, you know, I did was I went and, you know, searched them out on social to see, you know, what are they posting? What are they sharing? You know, what are they, you know, what do they have to say that maybe is different from, you know, everybody else in the space? And what I found was that they were very lacking and, um, you know, for example, on Twitter, they hadn't posted in over a year and even on like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, maybe some other platforms that'd be a little bit more of a fit uh, for visual, you know, um, content. Um, they they just were not really active. And so I guess you could have the argument, um, you know, if they're so busy with client work, maybe they don't have time to do their own. But I'm going to argue that if we're going to start reaching out and trying to talk about their work, one of the first places journalists are going to go and look to see examples of their work is on their social media feeds. Without a doubt. And I've heard that firsthand myself from the media relations aspect of it, that it is the absolute go-to social media, but in particular, uh, Twitter. So I, I see how if you noticed a void there, that there would be the inspiration for an article about this. So then the question is, does it really matter if your brand is active on social media? It sounds like the answer is yes. Well, I think it does. And what I did when I um, started working on the article is I went to Twitter and I asked some of my journalist friends you know, how do you feel about this? Because of course, you know, you don't want to just be 
talking about your own opinions or your own observations. And so, um, of course, journalists are very active on Twitter, and they were more than happy to chime in. And, um, you know, most of them said that, you know, they, they do see what's on a company's social media feed. That doesn't mean that they won't cover the company, um, but it does have a bearing on how they view the company. And it certainly would be, um, I think, um, a boost to their story or their opinion of the company if um, if it were active on social. So um, Muckrack also had done a survey that in more than half, I think 61% said they um, usually check um, or always check the um, social media profiles when they write stories. So, mm-hmm. I, well, I do as well. Even in all my work, I think a lot of people do. So when we talk about social media and journalists are looking and other people are looking at it, what are some of the must, is there a must have for social media compared to nice to have for a social media platform? Well, I mean, I feel like Twitter is a great place for uh, anyone who's interested in connecting with journalists and um, being in stories to be present because, you know, journalists will share right on Twitter what they're working on. And so um, sometimes they're looking for sources. I see that more than ever. I've I've seen uh, quite a bit of that just very uh, recently here. So I feel like that is definitely a place to be. I think a lot of, um, you know, I work a lot with B2B clients and of course, LinkedIn is going to probably be the first place they're going to think about, which I think that's, you know, valid as well. Um, But yeah, I I say don't get spread too thin. Don't, you know, you don't need to be on TikTok and like (laughs) necessarily, you know, unless that's where your audience is, I guess. Right. So let me ask you about B2B. Um, I I do want to include that, even though that specifically wasn't in your article, but I know you'll have insight on this. Um, B2C is helpful when you are speaking to a customer. So you go to a Facebook, you go to a Twitter, you go to where your customers are, where your stakeholders live. But B2B, tell me about your thoughts on the necessity of social media for B2B. You mentioned LinkedIn. Is it just LinkedIn? Well, no, I I still think Twitter. I think any company who's interested in PR should really have a presence on Twitter. I mean, to me, that's, I mean, yes, there's journalists on LinkedIn, but honestly, I mean, how often, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I mean, I don't often pitch a journalist on LinkedIn. I don't often see journalists talking about what they're working on on LinkedIn. I mean, maybe, do you see that? I mean, <laughs> I, as soon as you said it, I thought, I don't even know if I follow any journalists on LinkedIn. <laughs> story, Right. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, um, I mean, Twitter is kind of the center of my, you know, (laughs) my universe. So to me, I I definitely see a need for Twitter, but I I do know of companies. And in fact, the client that, you know, they didn't end up being a client, but the prospect that inspired this piece did not see the value in Twitter. And they pretty much just flat out said, you know, we don't, we don't think that's important. And I was like, well, (laughs) we're not a fit. I got to disagree with you on that, but you know, and it doesn't take that much. I think maybe when they discount it, they don't maybe consider like, I mean, even if you posted, you know, once in a while, like you don't have to post 20 times a day to have an active presence. But I think, you know, like if you spend a little bit of time, maybe posting, engaging, responding, you know, retweeting and things like it doesn't, it's not that, um, you know, 
difficult to do. I, I agree with you. I give a lot of clearance to brands and even and even people if they're on it and they're not on it a lot, but they're making the effort. To me, I see the effort at least, but when there's nothing or they opened up the account three years ago and there's been you know crickets ever since, then that shows definitely an avoidance or just a complete disregard to the to the power of that social media channel. Yeah, I think that's um, that's just a just a poor decision. Um, I think I think Twitter's become just very important. I mean, a lot of people, you know, get their breaking news there and catch up on headlines there. And I mean, to me, if that's where the journalists are, and you want to be in front of the journalists, then why would you not be there? That that to me is just kind of common sense. Now let's distinguish between a brand and the CEO of that brand. Now we're taking the actual name of the CEO, the persona of this and brand of the CEO. Should they be on social media? And what are the risks if they decide to go into social media? Yeah, I think we've all seen uh, Elon Musk make some pretty, <laughs> pretty big missteps there, you know, so you definitely don't want to use uh, Elon as an example. But you know, there are CEOs that are active on um, Twitter, for example, that I think, you know, do a really good job. I think T-Mobile's, you know, former CEO, um, John Legere, is that his name? Um, yes, was really great on there. Um, and then I think, um, is it Mary Barra of uh, maybe GM? GM, who I'm thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. those, those are a couple examples, but I, you know, I think that a lot of CEOs are afraid of Twitter because they do see uh, missteps being made by you know pretty high profile CEOs. I think there's just kind of a you know, there's a hubris about it. Like you can't just, you know, I wouldn't just share anything that comes to your mind on there necessarily. But I do think there's a way to um, go about it, where it can be beneficial. And I think, you know, if, if that's, again, where like employees are looking at that, or maybe prospective employees, and, you know, it's gotten very competitive to hire good people, they're going to look at those things. And they're going to, that's going to help inform their decision, you know, so. I agree with you that there is a fear of just getting out there and exposing yourself on Twitter. And also the question for CEOs who are very busy in the business of running their business, um, what what am I going to put on social media that even matters? And they just, it's almost as if they feel like, I don't even want to bother. Mm-hmm. But once they do use it, they recognize that if they harness it, that they it becomes a tool when they need it, right? Like whether it's mm-hmm. um, media relations, crisis management, or any type of proactive campaign as well. It's such an important arm. It can be a marketing arm as well. What do you notice for the CEOs that do jump on? So you mentioned some good examples. We mentioned Mm -hmm. one and Elon Musk is a category, you know, he's in a category all to himself because sometimes I think he's, he might even be smarter than we think on Twitter. That's all a part of his brand. But what do you see of of um, social media use of of leaders or known people? Some of the mistakes that they might make if they do decide to try social media, Twitter in particular. Well, I think it's a balance between sounding natural, sounding authentic, because a lot of them do have ghostwriters. Um, so you know, having done some ghostwriting for executives on social media, I will say that that does happen. Um, And and looking at some of them in preparation for this, um, for this podcast, I was thinking, you know, 
I think um, some of them need to loosen up a little bit, but I think there is kind of that fine line between, you know, loosening up too much um, and sharing maybe things that people don't really need or want to know versus, you know, having commentary on something that's going on in your industry or even, you know, like I saw um, somebody tweeting about the, the, um, the Eagle Scouts, the female Eagle Scouts. Um, I think that was Mary who was tweeting about that. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's really nice because, you know, it's just a, a story that everybody relates to and she, you know, she's supporting, you know, young women and like, you know, so that was kind of a, a an interesting example of something that you could share that wasn't directly related to your business, but still, um, you know, something that, that you could bring visibility to in your role as a CEO. Yeah. And gives insight into your personality and who you are and how you, you know, how you became a CEO or what, what, what your values are and your virtues. So I do have a question. The fact that you just brought this up made me think about this. When people are, um, when they are speaking for themselves on social media, when we're talking about a leader or even a politician, an elected official, Mm -hmm. I don't see the practice as much anymore, but I'm curious what you think about this. Uh There are times when someone is tweeting on behalf of the office. So if it's a, a mayor, for instance, you know, you, you, you can assume that there's a staffer behind it, but when the mayor tweets directly, you might see the initials next to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what do you think about tweeting with a ghostwriter? If you're a leader versus the real you sitting on a phone, like a President Trump. We all knew President Trump was President Trump's Twitter handle. But what do you think about leaders identifying what's real and what's not? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can kind of tell almost when, I mean, you know, of course you don't know them personally, like, but you, you could probably, there's, I, like I'd say, I think there's kind of a stiffness to it almost. And it's very okay. hard to capture their voice until you've had some experience or some exposure to them. And that means, you know, you have to spend time with them and, and talk to them. And a lot of times they're too busy. So I do think that there's a challenge there because I think they obviously, you know, you don't want your CEO sitting around on Twitter all day, right? They have more to do. Um, But I think that, um, you know, maybe if they spent, you know, even, I don't know, maybe they could factor in a little bit of time to just kind of, at least take a peek at it and see, you know, what's going on or I don't know. There, there's probably a way to work really um, in sync with, with somebody um, on your team to help you develop that voice. And, and, you know, so it does sound like something you would actually say versus, you know, deciding a statistic that's really dry and just. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, and there is, there's no AP style guide, if you will, for how to tweet. If you're a leader, if you have a ghost tweeter on your behalf, Mm -hmm. no one has, no one has determined what the true rules of the road are for that case. But I think along the lines of what you're saying, if I'm seeing a uh, Twitter account from a leader and it is the copy it's it's the it's the more of the marketing aspect it's the generic statements you just assume like i'll give them clearance that it's okay to have a copywriter there you know like a copywriter like a staffer mm-hmm. um and i think it's okay then that the real person then hop on and who and say who they are but i think i'm okay with them not indicating that it's them would you feel the same way 
Oh, you mean how they sign the tweets? With yeah, the how they tweets? sign yeah. it. Yeah, like who is yeah. the author, the direct attribution on it? And does it matter? I don't think they should. I mean, now that you bring it up, I have seen people do that before, but then it's like, well, then that means the rest of it's not you. Like, you know, right, like, right, right, right. right. Me, that's more, mm-hmm. that's a more of a negative than it is a positive to sign the tweets. And maybe people just assume that it's not you or, I mean, that's a good question. Because I wonder if that puts people off if they think that it's really not them. I think most people probably know it's not all the time, but I mean, but who knows, but I also think (laughs) it depends on the, on the channel too, on the network that you're using uh, where, and this is why it came, why I'm asking you the question, because it came up this week with a CEO who I was working with, who did a Facebook live and it was not for marketing purposes. It really was a used as a public relations tool to speak directly to their stakeholders. But prior to the Facebook live, he was going in there and commenting um, to the customers, to his stakeholders uh, on Facebook, answering direct questions. And he, should I sign my name so they know it's me? And in that case, I said, I think you should, because they should see you are taking the time to go in there and answer the questions. Absolutely. You know, especially since it's about an issue. But when we get into the Twitter world where it's it's generic messaging, it's just your typical PR standard marketing messaging, I think it's okay that you don't have to, you know, add a name to it, you know, a signature. Well, mm-hmm. okay. So we figured that out, Michelle. You and I have set the rule <laughs> for that. Okay. So now you're in the shoes of a, uh, a CEO is listening right now, a general manager, a leader. Uh-huh small to medium sized business. They don't have a huge communication staff, but they're thinking, you know what, now is the time, especially after COVID where our customers need to hear from us. What is the first step do you think for a CEO once they decide, yes, I'm going to do social, what's the next best Mm -hmm. step? I think it's to to decide, you know, how, how you're going to tackle it. You know, how are you going to fit it into your schedule? Are oh, you going totally. to work with somebody on your team? Are you going to bring in someone to help you? Um, you know, do you want to work together to um, create, you know, craft posts or are you going to um, trust, you know, that, you know, the person helping you out is going to be able to speak for you, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about the planning of it. Don't just hop in, make it a mm-hmm. team effort and who is going to support you in these endeavors when you decide to go social. That's a very, very good tip. If you were a CEO, what which um, social media platform would be and which ones would be the nice to have? Well, I mean, I do think um, most CEOs want to be on LinkedIn. And I do think content over there is okay if it's a little bit more buttoned up. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the expectation on LinkedIn. And then if they're going to move over to Twitter, I would say, um, which would be my probably my second choice for CEOs, I would say that's where you need to show a little bit more um, personality, maybe loosen up a little bit more there. Um, and that's going to be a little bit more challenging uh, probably than LinkedIn. So LinkedIn's probably good to kind of get their feet wet if they haven't done anything on social and then maybe expand out. Um, and of course, wherever your audience is, I mean, it's going to vary like some, you know, have a big, would have a big following on Instagram or some would be, you know, there would be a need for TikTok or, you know, Facebook or, you know, but for my clients, um, primarily it would be LinkedIn, Twitter, and then Facebook and maybe Instagram. But yeah, I would agree with you depends. on that one too. The, I, I would do the maybe on the Instagram as well, but LinkedIn and Twitter, certainly. What would be 
a must do for a CEO in social media and what is a do not ever do on social media? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's good. Um, if they can have a little bit of fun with it, if they can find a way not to be frightened of it and try to try to have a, a little bit of fun with it. I mean, you know, it's fine for them even to retweet um, an employee's tweet, yeah. for example, or share a company post and just have a comment on it. You know, good job team on your, you know, Q1 results. Or I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there, but, but just try to relax a little bit with it. I mean, yes, you know, people get themselves in trouble, but you know, we're all, you know, we can all be smarter than that. (laughs) You know, we don't need to be afraid of it. Um, And um, that would be something. And I I guess a don't is um, just think twice if you have a controversial stance or opinion to share, Um, you know, social media might not be the best place to post that or definitely consult with your, you know, with your PR team or your, um, you know, your legal team or whatever it might be. So, Mm -hmm. oh, that's very good advice, Michelle. So we are going to include a link to the article on Entrepreneur about this, about what is the PR push, then you should focus on social media first. And that's in the February edition. You also have a weekly uh, Twitter chat. Could you tell our listeners about that? Well, um, I have freelance chat, which is for anybody who works for themselves, like I have done for quite a while now. Uh, it's really just to support, you know, freelance or self-employed um, folks, consultants, anybody in that along those lines. And um, it's at noon Eastern Thursdays. And then we just use the hashtag freelance chat. And it really is amazing. I mean, you have captured the power of of Twitter so much because you always pop up. And when I'm working um, during your freelance chats, I always see some of the answers. So I'm 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 a passive participant, so I could still you know <laughs> follow along. It's not entirely you know my target market, but I love hearing um, what people are writing and just the effort that you put into it. So. If anyone wants more information about Michelle, I would definitely recommend, you know, follow on Twitter at PR, PR is us, correct? Mm-hmm, that's right. Michelle Garrett. Very easy. Yes, very easy. And then your website, <laughs> of course, michellegarrett.com. And then if what if someone wanted to work with you? Do you work with people? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I actually find a, a fair number of clients now through Twitter because I think they just, a lot of times I don't even know they're following or paying attention. And then one day I'll get a, a message out of the blue and it'll be like, Hey, you know, we saw what you were talking about on Twitter. Can you help us with that? So um, that happens more frequently than ever right now. So that's a great way to find me. But also, I'm also, of course, I do have a website. I do have email. I'm on LinkedIn. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of me. Of, so. of course you are. And the proof is in the pudding in your article about, you know, how to get that PR push is certainly go to social media. And if they follow you, you'll, they'll see exactly how that works. Michelle, Thank you for taking the time to spend with me. I'm so happy that I could finally get you on the podcast just as a solo guest because you have so much information to share, helpful information to share. Thank you so much, Molly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. My thanks to Michelle for joining me on the podcast. You can find her entrepreneur article, Want to Do a Public Relations Push? Focus on social media first in the show notes. Michelle can be reached at michellegarrett.com. And if you're a freelancer, or want to check out her top-notch Twitter chat, you can join Michelle every Thursday at noon Eastern for Freelance Chat. Just look for hashtag Freelance Chat on Twitter. 
You can also find her on Twitter spaces every Friday for the hashtag PR lunch hour. I was on with her right before I recorded uh, this today. I can tell you, I am digging Twitter spaces, but that's a conversation for another time and space. I'll see you back here same time next week. Bye for now.